This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. Our goal is to compete and, and really put a fun team on the court that really gets after it. T-minus 15 seconds, guidance is internal. We're very talented. I mean, we go out there and compete at a high level and give a lot of effort. We could be a good team. Six, five, four, three, two, one. In a clash of titans, a battle for the century, the two worst teams in the NBA squared off, and unfortunately, the Rockets unable to come away with the win, falling to the Minnesota Timberwolves 114-107. What is up? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter, at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. This game was actually surprisingly entertaining. Like, I guess when you've got two bottom-of-the-barrel teams going at each other, uh, the competition level, right? I, I, it was a it was a fun game. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Um, from the Rocket side, you had Kelly Olenek, who had another really great night. Uh, walked away 28 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, a couple steals. Uh, Jay Sean Tate was really impressive in this one. 20 points, 11 of them scored in the third quarter. 7 rebounds, 4 assists, pair of steals, had a block. Uh, putting on a really strong case for being in the Rookie of the Year conversation. Christian Wood, a monster 24-18 and 18 night, as well as five assists. So facilitating the ball pretty well. 9 of 16 shooting, 2 of 5 from deep. Kevin Porter Jr. did struggle in this one. We'll talk about that in a little bit. K.J. Martin had 15-3 and three off the bench, as well as a pair of steals. From the Minnesota Timberwolves side of things, Cat had a big game, uh, 31 points, but just seven rebounds, uh, five assists for him. Anthony Edwards was limited to just 19 points, did have nine rebounds, pair of assists, three steals, and a pair of blocks, so he was filling up the stat sheet. Um, and then Juancho Hernan Gomez came off the bench because, right, it's always customary, right? If you're playing the Rockets, somebody on the opposing team's bench is going to light you up. Um, scored 22 points off the bench. And then Jared Vanderbilt, who wound up being a menace down the stretch of this game. Shout out to Matt Bullard, who Jared Vanderbilt, who, you know, Houstonian, uh, went to one of Matt Bullard's, you know, camps back in the day. So Matt Bullard is the reason for this loss because he taught Jared Vanderbilt Vanderbilt too much at camp. Um, but yeah, a lot to kind of break down and look at from this game. And uh, I guess where I want to start first is let Steven Silas just, you know, let's hear his initial reaction and thoughts to this one first. So let's jump into that. Yeah, it's like just the 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 learning we have to go through, right? Like the ball security, the um, attention to detail when it coming when it comes to getting stops, the execution that you need to have down the stretch of games. Um, this is one we definitely need to watch tomorrow and learn from because. Um, yeah, we, we haven't been in these situations 
much with this group for sure. And we have to learn from it. So Steven Silas kind of reacting to this game, um, the execution down the stretch in this one. So the Rockets went on a 9-2 run to tie this game up at 102 apiece. Um, the tying bucket was Christian Wood, uh, you know, drove it in on Carl Anthony Towns. He'd done so successfully a couple times previously in the game. Drove it in on Cat, uh, drove baseline, missed the initial shot attempt. It might have been technically a travel because I don't think anybody touched the basketball. Um, and then he caught his own miss on the other side of the basket and went back up strong with it. Uh, and, you know, he had an and one opportunity to take the lead, missed the free throw, but the game was all tied up at 102. But then the rest of the way, uh, you know, T Wolves outscoring the Rockets 12 to 5 to close out the game. Uh, the Rockets in the final two minutes of this one, they only they they only got two shot attempts. They made them both, uh, you know, a two pointer from Kelly Olynyk and a three from KPJ. But they did have four turnovers, so the execution late was just not great in this one. And this is a group of guys that, um, you know, they haven't been in this position before. They haven't been uh, in in positions where they need to you know, play or execute well in crunch time because, let's face it, this team's lost a lot of games. They've had the fake comebacks and all that, but generally by the, you know, crunch time marker, the, you know, five minutes to go in the in the fourth quarter, this team's usually out of the game already. So it was a new opportunity for them to try and, you know, see what they need to do better down the stretch. It's a great game for them to be able to look at in the film room, uh, you know, later on and, trying to figure out where they need to improve upon. Uh, Steven Silas talks about ball security a lot. Uh, there's just, especially with Christian Wood, and we'll hear from him momentarily, um, but you know he had a, a really bad turnover where he just you know left the ball out there like right in front of the defender, you know, just giving them ample opportunity to try and rip it away from him. Uh, and, and that's something he needs to get better, better at dealing with. But uh, I guess who do I want to focus on as like the MVP from this game? I I mean, I kind of want to go. I think I have to go Kelly Olenek. Um, he was the one who defended Carl Anthony Towns for most of the game. Cat um, did have, I mean, Cat did have 31 points, but, you know, Kelly Olenek, I thought, did a fair job on Carl Anthony Towns for most of the night. Um, and co- combined, I mean, Seawood and Kelly Olenek were, you know, monsters on the board. 27 of the Rockets' 45 rebounds combined between those two. So they were really effective on the glass. And Kelly finished. Uh, you know, with 28 points and the five assists, five assists each from Kelly Olynyk and Christian Wood. And I think that's something that definitely kind of stood out to me in this game was their ability. They were running a lot of different actions, um, you know, out of the, you know, right, right around the high, I guess, kind of the high post area. Um, but with Christian Wood, too, they were also using him down low, like actually they were kind of getting him the ball down low and then letting him kind of start with his back to the basket and then change things up and kind of face up Carl Anthony Towns or whoever his defender was and then attack that way. And I think him being able to attack out of the triple threat position in that 15 to 18 foot range makes him so much more effective, right? Because if he catches the ball and he's in triple threat all the way at the three-point line, he has so much further to go for that burst, right? For him to, you know, be able to hit, you know, hit that first step and then take that one, two step and be right at the cup. 
you know, if he's at the three-point line, he has to manufacture a couple dribbles or a move or a crossover or something to, you know, to get by his defender and truly get to the rim. Or he has to, you know, pump fake the three-pointer like he does and drive it in that way. But if he catches it down low with his back to the basket, and again, it's not, you know, completely, you know, he's not pinning guys, you know, five feet next to the basket. But if he catches it, you know, on the baseline, you know, in the post, and then gets the opportunity to turn and square up and face up his defender and then decide how he wants to attack, whether that be, you know, starting kind of a lullaby dribble and then going into a step back two or, uh, you know, kind of drawing the defender even further out to the three-point line, which is something we saw him do with Cat a couple times in this one, where he did start back to the basket, faces Cat up, decides he's going to kind of walk the dribble back out to the three-point line. Cat has to follow him because he's the threat to shoot the three-ball. And then as soon as Cat starts approaching the three-point line, Christian Wood turns on the speed and blows by him and goes to the rim. So I think that that element of this game looked a lot better for Christian Wood. I liked the change there to really see him getting the ball down there. And it also allowed him the ability to facilitate too. Um, you know, there were moments where he passed out from from down low as the defense uh, kind of fell asleep uh, with cutters, with shooters. And that's just another opportunity for Christian Wood to expand upon his game uh, to not have to solely rely on the 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 drive and kick that we've seen a lot from him. He's capable of doing it. But I've been, you know, campaigning for an easier way for Christian Wood to get some of his attempts. And it looks like in this one, uh, there was a a definite directive to try and get him the ball in areas where he could be a little bit more successful. And I really, really liked that. So that's as good a spot as any to bring us to our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, who is none other than Christian Wood. Look, Christian Wood averaged 21.3 points, 15 rebounds, and 2.3 assists over this last week in the last three games that he played. Uh, numbers almost better than Michelob Ultra, only 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. Christian Wood just finished going toe-to-toe with Carl Anthony Towns, showing that he really is capable of going up against the premier bigs in the NBA. At the end of the day, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So why not enjoy a Michelob Ultra while Christian Wood continues to make Detroit Pistons fans upset that they traded him. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Christian Wood is putting up some impressive numbers these past few games. He's been a bright spot for Rockets fans all season long and that's why he is your Michelob Ultra player of the game. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Get more of the news that you need in less time with our brand new Locked on Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked on Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in just under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked on Today wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive in. I want to talk about Jay Sean Tate for a little bit because first off, he continues to impress in in almost every every you know everything that he does on the floor. But in this one specifically, you know, had a really huge third quarter. Eleven of his twenty points scored in there. Was facilitating. We kind of saw him even at times with Kevin Porter Jr. on the floor. Who we're going to talk about KPJ and his struggles in the third segment. But even with Kevin Porter Jr. on the floor, we saw. Jay Sean Tate being the primary facilitator, the primary ball handler for stretches of this game. And that's a role that I absolutely love seeing him in. Uh, there's just, he has the utmost confidence in himself. 
Um, and Steven Silas also has confidence in him. So let's actually hear really quickly Steven Silas talk about Jay Sean Tate as uh, you know an additional ball handler. And then we'll also hear from Jay Sean Tate himself. Yeah, um, I think he can. He's proving that he can get us organized offensively if we keep it a little bit simple. But he's on the attack and he puts pressure on the defense and he makes plays for his teammates teammates and um, the good thing tonight that he did not do is turn the ball over so to be trustworthy in that regard is important so yeah we're finding out a lot about a lot of our guys but um, you know he just continues to impress with the play that he uh, exhibits and now for Jay Sean Tate yeah um, you know like I said coming in I don't really put me at um, any typical position. Um, I think that, you know, I can I can bring different things to the table, whatever the team needs. And, um, you know, I've always played this way since I was in high school, um, a little bit at Ohio State, especially my senior year. And then um, overseas, uh, you know, Coach Will Weaver, we um, ran similar type offense and, you know, he – helped me develop even more uh, that last year in Sydney really uh, took my confidence and my uh, how comfortable I am with the ball um, to, to another level. And, you know, it's still growing pains um, now, you know, the, it's still a little fast. Um, I'm not used to, you know, being able to dribble as much. So um, I'm, I'm just learning. So, of course, Steven Silas and Jay Sean Tate both sharing their thoughts after this game. But, there were just, you know, so many great moments where, and specific, like there was one, and I don't even remember if I, because there was a series during this game where I was pulling highlight clips like one after another, and I don't think I actually posted this one. I'll have to throw it up on my, on my Twitter feed uh, after publishing this episode. But there was a moment where Christian Wood, and this is like a chemistry thing between Christian Wood and Jay Sean Tate, not necessarily a ball handler thing, but it kind of feeds into that. Where Christian Wood got the rebound, Jay Sean Tate was like, you know, had his hands up, I hate pass me the ball. Christian Wood kind of waved him off and brought the ball up himself. But as he's like passing the half court margin, he shoots, he he shoot shoots shoot. I can't speak. Shoots. God, talking is hard. He shoots Jay Sean Tate a look, and like they just lock eyes, and then that communication is just there. And then Christian Wood kind of, you know, continues dribbling the ball up. Jay Sean Tate kind of peels off and goes around Christian Wood and then Christian just kind of bounces drops the ball off for Jay Sean Tate and he immediately goes into a you know a really aggressive drive towards the rim and then kicks it back out to Christian Wood for what could have been probably a three-point attempt um but then Christian Wood electing to drive it in himself a second time but just that quick little like communication between those two guys, uh, you know, nonverbal, just, you know, going into a quick, it, it wasn't quite a pick and roll and it wasn't quite like a dribble handoff play. Um, I guess it was closer to a dribble handoff than anything, but seeing those two guys kind of in communication with each other in transition, um, you know, I've just noticed there's a good level of, of chemistry between Jay Sean Tate and Christian Wood. And I can't wait to see that continue to grow between those two guys. But Tate was incredible in this game. You know, he attacks the rim with, with a lot of, uh, with a lot of intensity. He's so successful in and around the basket. I mean, he shot nine of 12 from the floor in this one. 
And defensively, he was all over the place, but he really made what was what would have been, I mean, it still is the defensive play of the game, but he fouled out Carl Anthony Towns by drawing a charge. He actually drew two charges on that possession because um, I think the first charge was Hernan Gomez, who I, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and Hernan Gomez drove the ball in and Jay Sean Tate planted himself, was outside the restricted area, and they didn't call anything. Um, and then later in the possession, Carl Anthony Towns does the exact same thing. Jay Sean Tate plants himself in the exact same spot, and then they call it the second time. So, you know, what else can we say about Jay Sean Tate other than that he is just, he is a presence, he is a force to be reckoned with on both sides of the basketball. He deserves Rookie of the Year recognition. It pains me because he's not going to get it, but he deserves to be at least a finalist for Rookie of the Year. And that's like the recognition. Like, I I want him walking away with all rookie first team honors as well as being a finalist for Rookie of the Year because there's no other rookie that is out there doing what he's doing. And I know that he's not a traditional rookie. He's 25 years old. The oldest person to have ever won Rookie of the Year was 24 years old. I think it was Malcolm Brogdon. Um, So it's, you know... Again, there's a precedent there where, you know, Anthony Edwards is going to win it, right? He's the flashy rookie. He's the, he's the how you want to call it, the, the true rookie. But Jay Sean Tate still deserves recognition for what he's doing in his first year in the NBA uh, because he still, you know, he did college for four years. He did overseas for a couple of years. So he's got a more mature presence about him than a traditional rookie does, but that shouldn't take away from what he's doing in his first campaign in the NBA, in my opinion. So that's just kind of where I come away from on the Jay Sean Tate angle. Um, let's go, let's, I, I was talking about K, KJ for a second, because he deserves some, some recognition continues to be um, in this one. We actually saw him driving. We, we saw him like with a, a couple really, really strong drives in this game. Um, specifically, the one that really comes to mind was he had a baseline drive where Carl Anthony Towns decided to close out like really aggressively on KJ Martin. Which, if you're going to decide between closing out aggressively on KJ Martin or giving up the three for him, like you probably just give up the three, not the wide open dunk. But KJ absolutely like a quick first step as soon as Cat started closing out. Um, you know, a one, you know, one, two dribbles towards the basket and then just soared in for an easy two points at the rim. And it's those types of dribble drive opportunities, um, that he needs to get more comfortable with if the Rockets want to potentially be able to play him at the three spot, which is exactly where we saw him. Uh, we've, we've continued to see him play at the small forward spot for stretches alongside the tandem duos that the Rockets are running out there in Christian Wood, Kelly Olenek, and DJ Wilson. Um, those guys are all kind of running the four or five spots for the Rockets, which means KJ Martin's been slotting in at the small forward spot. Um, to be able to continue to do that consistently, he's got to work on his ball handling. He's got to become a little bit more fluid in that part of his game. But it's nice to see him be able to, you know, make those right reads and be able to attack the rim on closeouts and that kind of thing, uh, because he's got the athleticism to do it. He's got the finishing ability around the rim to do it. He's just got to work on the ball handling aspect. And I guess DJ Wilson too. I mean, he, I, I thought he was pretty solid in his uh, in his you know 14 minutes in this game uh, as part of the rotation of Rockets bigs uh, dealing with and guarding Carl Anthony Towns. There's only so much you can do against you know the elite bigs in this game. They're gonna get their points. 
You just have to try and make it difficult for them. Uh, I think DJ Wilson was was solid in his brief stint on the floor. And just and by and large, really the entire team did a good job facilitating the ball. You look down the entire starting lineup, um, five assists for Linux, two for House, four for Tate, five for Wood, five for KPJ, two for Wilson off the bench. Avery Bradley had an assist off the bench. Um, you know, the entire team, 24 assists on 42 made shots. Pretty solid ball distribution uh, from everybody that touched the court. So coming up, let's talk Kevin Porter Jr. and his struggles in this game after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. If you've never had a protein bar that you've actually enjoyed, you have to give Built Bar a shot. They've got so many amazing, delicious flavors to choose from. Raspberry, coconut almond, lemon almond cheesecake, caramel brownie, cookies and cream. You really can't go wrong with any of the flavors on their menu. My personal favorite, the coconut brownie chunk. It is amazing. The bars are covered in 100% delicious chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're not gritty or chalky like other protein bars on the market. They're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein protein, high fiber, great if you're on a keto diet. So go check them out at BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of the best tasting protein bars on the market at BuiltBar.com. Quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. Look, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, NBA is still going strong, and you can get in on all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL Draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before for the next pitch, head over to Bet Online and use promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit using promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Did you know that you can get the best draft analysis anywhere with our new Locked On NBA draft? You can get mock drafts, scouting reports, uh, expert analysis from credentialed draft insiders four days a week. Just go check out Locked On NBA draft. We've had uh, we've had our guy Richard Stayman on here a couple times already, breaking down Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs. He'll be back. Uh, we're going to continue to do episodes and break down some of the top prospects in this draft, as well as we were just kind of as we're gearing up for the NBA draft lottery hopefully we will not have our hearts broken uh with the pick falling to number five and going to oklahoma city thunder but let's talk kpj so kevin porter jr misses the last three rockets games plays in miami after defending sterling brown which there's video of that out now which is ridiculous you can see sterling brown like covered head to toe in blood it's something else and kevin porter jr sticking with him the whole time it's police footage um with the audio muted of course I just audio shouldn't be muted, but um, so let's go. Uh, I mean, he, so he plays in Miami, has a good game there, misses the next three Rockets games, plays in this one. He's missed. He hasn't been able to do anything, any physical activity right for a week. He had he was completely sidelined due to health and safety protocols, and it looked like it. He started out rusty, but the rust quickly turned into a confidence issue. And this is the thing with Kevin Porter Jr., and we've seen it time and time again with him. 
And it's to be expected. And this is the wall that he's going to have to break through. All the talent is there, right? The talent, the skill, the drive, it's all there. There's a mental component that he's going to have to really work past because you can visibly see when Kevin Porter Jr. gets frustrated with himself on the court. He's very, he takes it very hard on himself when he makes a mistake, when he misses a shot, when he drives and thinks he should have gotten a foul call. He's very uh, animated on the court. And I get it to an extent, and there's just there's something that he's going to have to do. And, and I do think that he did a good job in this one after struggling throughout the entirety of the game. You know, it was 0 of 9, like going into the final stretch or something like that. Um, he he started making, I mean, he, he made, you know, his impact felt throughout other points of this game. You know, he was facilitating, he was rebounding, but at the tail end of this game, when, when the crunch time minutes were, were in effect, uh, he got a really clutch offensive rebound. Um, and then he also had a came up with a steal on the defensive end. And those are the things that he needs to realize that he can still do, even when his shot isn't falling, even when he's struggling. Um, you know, those are the areas that he needs to realize that he can step up in and get better at. Um, and, and, you know, really contribute to the team, even though his shot isn't going in, right? He can still be a good defender. He can still facilitate. He can still rebound. There's other ways for him to impact this game other than, you know, putting the ball in the basket. And then the, the, again, the, the whole beating himself up angle of things, you know, that's something that's that's a growing thing. He's still just 20 years old, right? He's got a lot of expectations on his shoulders. He's probably got a lot of expectations for himself. He probably views himself. He he most definitely views himself as, you know, a talented individual, somebody that, you know, wants to be a star, a premier player in in the NBA someday. And so for him when he's out there when he, you know, makes these turnovers, when he makes these mistakes, he's very hard on himself. But the good news is KPJ when he's had down games this season, He's pretty much immediately come back in the in the subsequent game or two and had some really standout performances. So I'm fully expecting him to come back in the Rockets' next game Thursday night against the Bucks and have a really strong strong performance uh, against Milwaukee because that's just what he's been doing and that's what you want, right? He's not going to be perfect every single game. You're not going to get a great perfect game out of Kevin Porter Jr. every single night, but. If you get the bounce back games, right, there's going to be some highs and lows. And it's how he responds to these negative games, right, how he comes back from them. And I'm ex- I'm fully expecting a strong performance back against Milwaukee. Um, so that'll be great to see. But again, and, and it looked like he kind of got his confidence going in the tail end, right? He was scoreless for like the entire game and then dropped in 10 points like in the final like six minutes or whatever it was. So... You know, he's a guy that once he gets that confidence going, once he gets, you know, gets gets rolling a little bit, then he's a lot more effective. And so it's just about unlocking that level of confidence in him so that he feels that he can be the guy on the court, right? Um, you know, he was deferring a lot to Jay Sean Tate in this game. There were there were plenty of moments where Jay Sean Tate was was, you know, commanding the ball and running things offensively. And I think that was because KPJ was a little bit inside his own head about his performance in this game. And that's to be expected. Again, these are these are the growing pains. These are the, uh, you know, the things going on with this team. Um, and I think Christian Wood, I, I just now realized that I had Christian Wood audio pulled and I didn't tee it up because I'm an idiot. Um, I should have done it when I was talking about Christian Wood in the first segment. But um, 
So yeah, let's go ahead and run that really quick before I get to our, our Tankathon sim. Um, so just really quickly, I guess we're going to very randomly jump from Kevin Porter Jr. back to Christian Wood because I'm an idiot and I didn't write down Christian Wood audio on my podcast notes to, to tee it up somehow. So let's hear what Christian Wood had to say after this game against the T-Wolves. Um, I think I'm getting better, you know, as I, as I keep defending um, these premier bigs. Uh, I think I'm doing a better job of defending them. Uh, in terms of, you know, guarding Cat for the third time, you know, I think me and him uh, are going to go at each other and make each other better, you know, throughout the whole game. He's telling me uh, he's one of, I'm one of the toughest guys for him to guard and, you know, the same respect is mutual. So um, it's just me having a, a chip on my shoulder. Um, and, you know, I just want to show fans that by the time this contract's up, I believe I think I'm going to be a max player. And I honestly, I honestly believe that. So I just have to go out every game and play with a chip on my shoulder and, um, I know I know guys see it and I just have to carry that on to the next season. And uh, you know, bearing God God willing, you know, no injuries, I think next season's gonna be even better and I'll be even better. And of course, that was Christian Wood talking about wanting to be a max player. I definitely uh hope he progresses and develops to that point. And I, again, I love Christian Wood speaks with a lot more confidence in these pressers now. Um, like earlier in the season, uh I feel like he wasn't I don't want to say he was shaky in the pressers, but like, I really feel like he's talking about this being like his team. And specifically, like in his presser, he, he mentioned being like the head of the snake. And I find it funny wording that he says that because in Jay Sean Tate's presser, he was talking about John Wall and not having, you know, specifically Jay Shantae used the wording, not having our vet, not having our, our leader out there, not, ha- you know, he's the head of the snake. Um, those were Jay Shantae's words. And then for Christian Wood to come in, who did his presser after Jay Shantae, to then specifically say, I'm the head of the snake, it's curious. Just a little curious. That's all I'm going to say. You know, I, 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 I think that Christian Wood views himself as the, the guy for this team. And I think that he might take a little bit of exception at the fact that John Wall thinks he's the guy for this team. And again, hard conversations will be had this offseason about the direction of this franchise and who really is in what role moving forward. But I like the confidence in Christian Wood, the confidence that he has in himself, and the confidence that he has moving forward with this organization. Uh, It's exactly what you want to hear from your franchise guy, because that's what Christian Wood is right now. He's the Rockets franchise guy, not John Wall. So with that, let's go ahead and get to these tankathon spins. Well, this tankathon spin, the one spin, because we've sucked on the last few spins we've done. Thanks, Richard, um, at Mavs Draft, bringing us some bad juju to the Rockets podcast. But I'm scared. I'm scared, guys. I can't. I can't deal with another another lost pick. All right. Well, here we go. Let's spin these numbers. Another one. Oh, okay. Look, the only. Okay, so the Rockets fall to number five. Pick goes to OKC. Oklahoma City jumps up four spots to number one, so they walk away with picks one and five. Literally the perfect scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Shout out Ryland Styles of the Locked on Thunder podcast. You're welcome, buddy. Uh, Indiana jumps up ten spots to number two overall. Toronto jumps up five spots. Chicago jumps up five spots. So that's OKC, Indiana, Toronto, Chicago, and then OKC again rounding out the top five. That is just ridiculous. So Houston walks away with the 17th overall pick, the 19th overall pick, and then the 24th overall pick in this one. Look, the only way that I can take any solace in these tankathon spins is hopefully I'm getting all the bad spins out of the way. I'm getting all the bad percentage uh, opportunities out of the way. And 
come in, you know come NBA draft lottery night, uh, the Rockets are gonna you know all all the bad juju will have been expelled uh, in in this podcast by all the crappy tankathon spins we've done. Which random thought. I wonder who the Rockets are going to send as their, or well, not send because it's not going to be in person. I wonder who the Rockets are going to pick as their representative for the draft lottery. Um, not something I've had to consider for a while, but uh, do they go with Christian Wood as their rep? Do they go with Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, Steven Silas, maybe, Rafael Stone, possibly, Patrick Fertitta, maybe? Like, I, I don't know. I wonder who the Rockets are going to pick as their uh, lottery representative, uh, that'll be a fun little. We'll we'll turn that into a game, a voting game somehow. We'll get some we'll get some odds up over at Bet Online for who the Rockets are going to pick as their uh, their lottery. Uh, I guess representative. There you go. That's the word. I already said it like two minutes ago. I'm running on fumes, but. With that, I think that's going to wrap up our episode for today. Uh, be sure to check back in throughout the week. We're going to be oh reminder. We're doing our. Uh, Ali Kambijani and I will be doing our locker room. We had to move it from Tuesday evening uh, to Wednesday evening. So same time, 9 p.m. Wednesday evening. Uh, Android users, you can go grab the beta version of locker room. Please go check that out. We want to have you hanging out with us as well. We've only been able to have the iOS crowd there. Um, so be sure to check that out. Come check Ali Khan and I out Wednesday night, 9 p.m. For today's show, that's going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.